And they say boomerangs are meant to come back. And in November, items from the Otago Museum will return to their original home with the Warumongu people in Australia's Northern Territory, including a boomerang. Museums are changing and they're introducing new policies to see the return of culturally significant items. Robert Morris has been working on the repatriation of these particular items. He's the Director of Collections, Research and Education at Otago Museum. And he's with us now. Kia ora. Good evening, Robert. Kia ora. How did this come about? Why are the items being returned now? Um, it's been quite a lengthy process. All repatriations are quite a lengthy process. We were approached by IATSIS, which is the Australian Institute of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island Research, um, back in 2019. Their repatriation of cultural heritage team is looking to gather information about Aboriginal collections that are held outside of Australia with the possible view of seeing some of it return to country. So initially they asked for just a list of the Australian Aboriginal material that we have in the collection and we house about a 1,000 items, nearly all of which are tiny little lithics of virtually no um, diagnostic value. However, it's great to have different and diverse cultures represented in our collections. Of these, a good 90% is unprovenance. In other words, we don't really know where exactly it came from in Australia or to which um, source communities they would belong. In this case, however, these six items were... In, entered in the registers as belonging to the Warramungu people and they were in exchange for New Zealand artefacts um, with the Museum Victoria back in the 1920s and then again in the 30s. So there was quite a good thorough history of these objects, how they came to the museum and how they are connected with the Warramungu people which even included, um, they were actually collected by some of the most famous Australian, Central Australian explorers um, back in the 19th century and that were, uh, who were commissioned by Museum Victoria to collect these things from the community. Oh, who were so, they, Robert? Um, Spencer and Gillen, you've probably heard of. They were the great explorers of Central Australia. Um, they did actually develop quite strong healthy relationships with some of the Aboriginal communities in Central Australia and it's through those connections that they were able to exchange um, artefacts with probably Western goods like tins of tobacco and, and blankets and clothing etc etc. They were then handed over to the uh, Museum Victoria or the National Museum of Victoria as it was known in those days. And so what are the six items? There's a boomerang, as you mentioned in your introduction, although it's not a returning type. The, the ones that return are generally for practice. This is a hunting boomerang. There are different types of boomerangs? Oh, there are countless varieties of boomerangs. It's quite, it's quite extraordinary. So they can be quite characteristic of different tribes, um, and they have different functions. Most of them were actually for hunting, so that they're not designed to return. They're designed to knock something out. Um, but there's lots of different shapes and forms, and quite often that can be attributed to different cultural groups. How old so, is that boomerang, do you know? We're not sure. If it was collected by Spencer and Gillen in the 19th century, it was probably made sometime in the 19th century, but um, we, we can't be certain. And so there's a boomerang, and what and else? There's um, a, a, a double-ended adz. So adzes are often used for... for for carving. Um, they're very well known in Maori cultures. Um, that's how you 
construct a walker. These are tiny, very tiny um, blades at each end of the adze. So it's used for, for cutting and also for digging. And then we have six marten knives. So these are, these are sheathed knives, although unfortunately the sheaths in most instances um, don't survive as they're made from stringy bark. But one of the one of the, the knives does have a, a, a the intact sheath as well, and these are these are ceremonial knives. They're not they're not secret sacred as such, but they are used in ceremonies. So they're quite ornamental. They 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 consist of a flint stone blade that's been worked, which is then hafted with something like spinifex resin to a wooden handle. And the wooden handle is, is elaborately painted with um, ochre, white and red ochre um, dot paintings on, on them, which is another marker of, the, of the, um, the cultural group that they belong to. And is the boomerang similarly decorated or is that...? It's not. Um, the, they are often decorated for ceremonial purposes, but we suspect that this one, given that it, it wasn't, was probably a, a used boomerang for hunting and those sorts of things. So you said that Victoria collected these six items and swapped them for items uh, with Otago. What were the items that you swapped? Um, we, we've yet to, to determine that. We have an exchange register, but we haven't gone through the details as yet. But it would most probably have been um, Maori material from Te Wai Panamu. Will that come back, do you think? Um, it depends on its significance. It's, 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 it's something that we're very keen to explore. We do know, for instance, that there are some very important pieces in collections around the world. Um, and we do know that there are some collections scattered across the, the large state museums in Australia. But that's actually an exercise that I'm quite keen to pursue and find out what there is in those different locations and look at what sorts of exchanges might take place. And I think that's really important today to do these kinds of works because it's about recognising the source communities and their role in modern museum interpretation. What's the process for repatriation? How does it happen? It's quite a strict process. We have um, a lot of museums are either in the process of or already have developed um, policies around repatriation. In our case, we have two principal policies. One governing the return of ancestral or human remains, and the other one, items of cultural property. They have slightly different structures, which is why we've chosen to treat them differently. Um, The critical thing with the return of ancestral remains is that it's pretty understood that that ancestors should be returned to their their lands of origin. Um, And so the processes generally are a bit more straightforward than they are with cultural heritage material. The critical point with both, however, is that it's really important that you ensure that if you are repatriating anything, that it's going back to the right people. And that's really what these um, policies govern, is the process, the onus or the burden of proof is on the claimant to establish the bona fides of their claim. So we have a process that supports that, um, and we certainly contribute to the research angle on that as well. And then the findings are then shared with the claimants. Will, will there be a ceremony of any kind with the Warumongu people? Yes. We, we've yet to work up the details yet, but we, um, through our Maori Advisory Committee at the museum, um, we will be welcoming well welcoming them to country, as they would say in Australia, and I'm sure that they will have a ceremony um, that they intend to uh, follow through these processes. 
oh, I'm sorry, I just missed what you said. You'd be welcoming them to New Zealand. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, the, the expression in Australia, welcome to country, means to welcome people to the lands of your ancestors. So were we to be travelling to the Northern Territory to visit the Warabungu, we would be going or travelling to country and then we would recognise that they are the traditional owners of that country. So it's a kind of a similar process here. Um, and there may be a smoking ceremony involved, which is a cleansing process that the Aboriginal might want to pursue. But the details around that as yet have yet to be finalised, but there will certainly be um, a very warm reception for them and um, a welcome process. And have they said what they will be doing with these items? Yes, they're one of a number of um, Aboriginal communities in Australia that's currently developing um, arts and craft centres. So the, they have, they are, or they already have an arts and crafts centre established in Tennant Creek, um, and these items will be going back there and going on display. And it's something that they've expressed they're really keen to see because it's it's an opportunity to connect objects of heritage significance with their tribes and their ancestors. So it's really an opportunity for them to tell stories about what these items were used for and what their significance is to their culture. Very satisfying work um, from your perspective as well. It is. It's an interesting challenge for museums. Um, I've been working in this industry for a long time now and of course the purpose of museums is to house collections so that we can research and interpret them for our audiences. And, of course, there is always the concern that if things are returned, then what is what, what will be left in the collections, as it were? But I think that the, the mood is very much changing and that people are beginning to recognise just how important it is that we, that we have the communities back on these sorts of things. So in our instance, for instance, we work very closely with um, Naitahu and, and Maori Advisory Committee, to ensure that the the collections that we house are purposeful for them and for us. So it's, and this would apply to all um, Indigenous cultural material. It's really important that we respect that material according to the traditions and the law of the source communities um, and make them available and safe for everyone to access. So what's the time frame on this, Robert? Um, They're coming in November. They're over here for a week. They're spending... Um, they're actually picking up four items from the Auckland War Memorial Museum as well. So I think they're going to Auckland first and then coming down here um, for the various ceremonies and things that we'll be doing here. Before Christmas? Yeah, mid-November is the sort of tentative date. They, um, Because a number of the elders are travelling from Central Northern Territory, it's going to be quite a, a journey for them, I, I would think. Thank you very much, Robert. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. That's Robert Morris, Director of Collections Research and Education at Otago Museum.